his social life It's the Darren Show The Darren Show Don't ask if he's single You already know Cause it's the Darren Show A simple name For a simple guy With a simple face It's the Darren Show Hello everyone and welcome to the Darren Show I have a very, very special guest for you this this month. We're doing monthly episodes now. That's how it's working. And uh, I'm very, very excited for the podcast today because I have with me one of my all-time favorites from Big Brother. It's it's uh, Brittany Haynes. How are you doing, Brittany? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Very excited to have you on. Um, uh, so, you know, you have been Brittany Haynes, obviously from Big Brother 12, and Big Brother 14, and The Amazing Race, uh, and many other accomplishments, I imagine. <laughs> actually, that's it. That's actually all. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, okay, never mind. That's all she's done. I apologize. That, that is definitely all I've done, besides, you know, the usual stuff. Yes. Um, so, uh, very excited to talk to you. Uh, so, uh, like, how, how has life been since, uh, since Big Brother, since The Amazing Race? How, how have things been treating you? Oh, my gosh. Well, Big Brother 12 was like nine years ago. Yeah. So, it's, it's like a past life. Like, I think of that as like childhood, you know, college, mm. like college age. Um, things have definitely changed since then. Got married. Well, I was married for Big Brother 14, but had no children. Now I have three girls, three daughters. And so um, then did The Amazing Race was about a year ago. So it's been, gosh, almost a decade now I've spanned this reality television career. I'm very proud of myself. (laughs) Did you ever imagine that that was going to be like your trajectory in life is that you'd be like a a reality TV person? I mean, no, not really. I I don't know that I ever really like thought about it critically, but no. And it was totally a surprise for them to call me for race. I mean, I haven't, Big Brother 14 was then, I guess, like seven years ago. And so, I mean, it's been like a good chunk of time. So it was very out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, So where did, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Arkansas, um, in a small town that no one's ever heard of and, um, Lived there my whole life and went to college in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is, you know, slightly bigger. Then after Big Brother 12, I lived in New York City for a while until I got married, moved to Tulsa, and I've been in Tulsa since. All right. Well, so what, like, what was, what was your, like, your career goal when you were a kid? Like, what, what would you, what were you hoping that your life was going to be? Honestly, I don't know. Like whenever I was going to college, I really wanted to do broadcast journalism. I was very interested in like, you know, being some sort of anchor and uh, decided to go for communication, worked in hotels through college. And so ended up working in hotel, the hotel industry after college as well until I went on Big Brother. And then after Big Brother, I landed an awesome job in New York City as a pharmaceutical sales rep. And I loved, loved that job. It was amazing. And then when I moved to Tulsa, I did that for a little bit until Big Brother 14. And then after Big Brother 14, I pretty much immediately was pregnant with my daughter. And I have stayed home since that time. I anticipate that I will return to work again after all my kids are in school, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just, I don't know. I've been out of the workforce for a while, been staying home with my kids. I loved pharma, so who knows? Maybe I could go back to that. Um, And actually, you know, when I was like a teenager, I was friends with, I would say friends. She was older than me, but I had sort of a mentor 
um, in it because I was doing pageants at the time. And mm. my pageant mentor was a pharma sales rep. And she was always telling me like how amazing this gig was. Like you, like you got to do it. It's so great. It's so great. So, I mean, that is something that I kind of always had my eye on, but I wouldn't say by any means that I'm like a career woman by any stretch of the imagination. Like I've just never been super career driven or focused. I always knew I wanted to have a family and sort of, you know, that was, that always sort of had my attention. So I would say, yeah, I'm living the dream, staying home in my pajamas, yeah. raising these children <laughs> day in and day out. That really I'm is truly you. what I always wanted to do. Not kidding. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm living my dream, which is staying home and just uh, talking about TV shows all day. <laughs> that, what's great is that now you can, that is a dream that is like, it, that can <laughs> right. be a reality for you. So it's kind of amazing. The world is changing. Careers that did not once exist, exist now. And so, yeah, that's good. You're living your dream. I'm living my dream. Yeah. Uh, what What is it about the uh, the pharmaceutical stuff that uh, that you enjoy? Oh my god, it was the best job ever. First of all, you're overpaid. Okay, <laughs> you're completely overpaid. Like the 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 pay structure is insane for minimal minimal effort. Perfect for someone like me. <laughs> you have to really do nothing. I would walk around the Upper East Side of New York City all day long chatting with these doctors who were fun, like it was very enjoyable work. And you're basically paid to, you know, have a relationship and a rapport with them. So it was just super simple. There, I mean, nothing to it. Like it was great. Yes, it's sales, but it's not, it wasn't like slimy, like hardcore sales, like you're trying to sell somebody a product that nobody wants and that's not any good. It was, mm -hmm. it's very easy. It's find your appropriate patient. And so what'd you do last weekend? You know, like it, it, it was just like ridiculously easy. I loved it. I love that job. Well, there you go. So, so like you haven't had any issues like not working and staying home. Like you, you also mm -hmm. enjoy that and you don't have like a, a huge desire to go back to work. Staying home is really hard in some ways, but it's also great. I mean, it's not glamorous. It's definitely not glamorous, <laughs> but yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy being home with my kids in general and, you know, being their primary caregivers and all that. I say that with like the utmost respect for working moms, because I feel mm -hmm. like in the, in like the mom community, there's such a divide and it's like, it's very, I don't know. It's very like one feels condescending to the other. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the stay at home moms are like, we're strong women too. And the working moms are like, we love our kids. Like there's very much this like <laughs> contentious nature between the two. And I think that both are great. And I think, you know, you just have to do what makes you happy and what you love to do. And it's also, I mean, not everybody can stay home. So I definitely see it as it's an awesome opportunity to have. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, yeah, sometimes I do wish I had a job. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot do this one more day. These children have to go to daycare and I have to get back into the workforce immediately. But yeah. they haven't quite driven me totally there yet. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> there are days. You know, it's been a really bad day if I'm on Indeed.com. That's when you know it has been really hard times over here. Mom's having a midlife crisis. I've seen the internet history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you see me polishing up my resume, bad day, really bad day. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so let's, let's go back a little bit. Uh, what, what got you into Big Brother in the first place? Had you watched the show prior to the whole experience? Yeah, I watched the show from season one. Like I literally think I was in the eighth grade when I started watching Big Brother. 
It was like, I I was a reality television junkie from childhood. I watched all of the original shows. My mom applied to be on Survivor Season 1. She made it to finals in LA. Wow. She almost got on, yeah. And so we watched Survivor together as a family. Like I got into all of the reality shows from a really young age. And Big Brother was just my favorite. I loved it. And I would always be like, okay, someday I'm totally going to do this show. And, um, so as soon as I turned, well, I guess when I went on the show, I was 22. So yes, the, the first year that I was out of college is when I applied for big brother and I just went to an open casting and it went pretty quickly. I mean, I think I went to an open casting like in March and was on the show that summer. So it happened pretty fast, but I had always been a fan of it and I loved it. And I had watched all of the seasons. I had all my, you know, favorite players and I always loved big brother and all reality television in general. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's weird to me now, like looking back and like I'm I'm now older than you were when you played. And that's weird to me. Uh, not that I'm re- <laughs> even that much younger than you at all. But like, it's just it's weird to me. Like, uh, just like I, I feel I feel I feel it. It's, it's yeah. strange. It's very strange. Everyone always connects me so much with like my big brother 12 self. And I feel like mm-hmm. I was such a baby. Like I was so young and you know it just so naive to the world and it's crazy it really feels like it was so long ago i can imagine i mean it was it was so i mean yeah yeah like even just thinking about where i was in my life at that time and uh and the idea that like that's one of the most public uh you know images that that people have of you and uh, that they're still going to be thinking of you in that way is is very strange yeah that's exactly how it is too everyone totally still you know connects it to big brother 12 even more so than like big brother 14 yeah so it's weird well so were you were you like excited to be on the show were you confident in your abilities were you like really wanting to be a game player or were you more just like wanting to experience it i really yes i was so excited to be on the show like i thought this was the greatest thing ever i was so 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 thrilled i did think that i was going to be a game player which i wasn't But I did naively think that I was going to be um, because I had seen the show forever. And so I knew that there was like an element of strategy and uh, like I definitely had ambitions going in of being good at the game. I just didn't live up to them. But yeah, I thought I was going to definitely thought I was going to be like a strategist. Yeah. Where, Where do you think you went wrong then? I was just I don't know. I was a total idiot. Like I made myself look so dumb. There were these like glaring, obvious alliances and things going on in the house that I just didn't even see. I didn't even see. And I can't even look back on it and say, oh, well, I'm so wise now. I would do better. No, I think I'm still just like that because things still happen to this day that I'm like, oh, my gosh, seriously? Like, how do I how did I not know that? It happens all the time. So I don't, I don't even think I would do any better to be honest with you, but on big brother 12, I just was such, I was so green to the whole big brother game. I really kind of got lost in just the, the dynamics of the house are so all in like for someone like me, who's really emotional, I didn't expect it to be that hard. I didn't expect it to be that hard to lie to people. And I didn't Mm -hmm. expect to get so close and so attached to people and really, you know, feel these like super deep bonds. And so for someone like me, it's really, really hard to disconnect sort of what you're going through with that person as an individual and what you need to do for the sake of the game. And so I really 
at the time felt like my friendships with these people were so strong that that's all I needed to carry me through the game. And I didn't really need to do anything conniving or like have these like cutthroat (laughs) strategies or like even, even sit there and actually say the words like, let's make an alliance. I felt like my friendships were good enough that I didn't have to do any of those things. And so I, I don't feel like in Big Brother 12, I really even played very hard. You know, I, I was more just hanging out and having a good time and experiencing Big Brother. And I actually made it further than when I came back in Big Brother 14 and like actually tried to play really hard. So two very different um, strategies for those seasons. And I made it further in Big Brother 12. So whatever. Well, I think I think uh, I think people would say that uh, 14 was still the better performance overall. Uh, Gameplay wise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying much harder because I did make myself look like such a total fool. And so it al- I was almost paranoid to a fault in season 14, like overly trying to see things in every scenario because I mm-hmm. knew that I had been so blind in season 12. Makes sense. Uh, were you uh, aware that in the, the most recent Big Brother Canada season that uh, there was a, a uh, brigade copy, essentially? No, I don't. F- I haven't followed the ca- uh, Canadian seasons, but that's interesting. Yes. You know, yes. you can say that about so many seasons of Big Brother, though, right? Because it just seems like a lot of times these big guys can form an alliance and just steamroll. It happens frequently yeah well these these guys they were fans of the brigade and they went in wanting to do essentially the brigade 2.0 they called themselves the pretty boys uh-huh yeah uh and so they succeeded they were very accomplished as well and so we had to talk about the pretty boys dominating the game the entire <laughs> season long it was very uncomfortable um <laughs> Uh, sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's something about that formula of like four guys secretly working together, um, that, that really like they, they caught, like they used the same, you know, strategies and formulas that, you know, the brigade came up with and that, uh, you know, that, that Matt helped, uh, formulate before, you know, he, he got himself, uh, Matt Hoffman, which is, uh, (laughs) the, the term that I think was coined there. Um, so what I love about Matt in general is like some people have so much pride in their game and their gameplay and they get (laughs) really offended and they get really hurt if you say that they weren't good in the game they'll be like no I was good and they'll give you a hundred reasons why (laughs) and I'm on the other side of the fence I'm like listen I was terrible and I I've coped like it's fine I can admit that I was bad and Matt is that same way like Matt will just be like whatever Uh, that was so dumb like there's like zero pride he like does not try to defend himself whatsoever yeah, which is which is great because you know, and I I'd probably give him more props than he would give himself in terms of like how instrumental he was in creating that initial formula for the brigade. Um, but uh, but certainly his you know master manipulator, evil scientist, genius, whatever it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the evil gremlin. Yeah, <laughs> didn't always pan out. It did not always pan out. I mean, so funny. He is one of the people from Big Brother Twelve that I still talk to regularly. And I love him, and he's so hilarious. He is yes. hilarious. Uh, do you, so? Do you, I mean? Were there other people that you? I mean, you you said you formed you know friendships in that house. Like, what was it? You know, having formed those friendships, what was it like to learn that these people were playing the game the whole time? Did that impact those friendships? Like, w- like that must have been a weird sort of emotional. Thing oh my to gosh, deal with. it was very devastating at the time. Like at the time that I learned that I was completely screwed, I was devastated. And 
because the line that I had been fed and that I wholeheartedly believed was that I was in an alliance with Lane and Hayden. And mm-hmm. that is something that Lane had been telling me for a long time. And Lane and Hayden and I had talked about it and I believed it. Like a hundred percent, I believed that the next person to leave was going to be Enzo. And even though I knew that Hayden and Enzo were, were friends and those guys hung out, I mean, they had told me that and I believed it. I 100% believed them. And so it was very devastating at the time, like soul crushing, really, like it was horrible. But then after the show was over, there was no carryover as far as like hard feelings or anything like that. It was fine. The experience had been great. I was on, you know, like that post Big Brother high. Everything was fun. Everything was wonderful. So no, it didn't affect like long term any relationships with them. At the time, it was very devastating. Like it took me several days. But yeah, I went out of the house smiling and everything was fine afterwards. Yeah, well, there's still, you know, there are still some people that say they feel like uh, if Lane had the opportunity, he would have chosen you over over the guys. But obviously, he wasn't in control of that week. Yeah. Uh, do you Do you know if there's any truth to that? I have no idea. Who knows? I do. I wish that I had tried harder to get to save myself. I feel like I was just so defeated. And it's really, really hard in those situations to just pull yourself up. I mean, maybe it's not for some people, but for me, it was like just Mm -hmm. the feeling of defeat is so overwhelming. And that's the only thing that you've been working towards that entire time. And so for me, it was really hard to go basically beg for my life. And in retrospect, I really regretted that and wished that I had, because I think that I could have, you know, sold a decent case for keeping me, but I, mm-hmm. d- I didn't really try. And I, so I regretted that and took that with me to big brother 14. And when <laughs> basically the same thing happened to me for big brother 14, I did wake up on eviction day and give it my best shot and it didn't work out, but I t- had told myself like, you have to try. And yes. so I did at least try on big brother 14, gave it a little more effort than I did on season 12. Yes. Well, uh, there, there's an, there's another rumor that you campaigned in the jury house for uh, for Lane. Uh, I don't know about campaign. Like whenever we do the round table, et cetera, I definitely was trying to get votes for him to win. Obvi- like I definitely was doing that as far as in the jury house. They don't even let you talk game in the jury house unless the cameras are there. They literally follow you around and you're not allowed to have any game conversations. And in Big Brother 12, I was in the jury house for less than 24 hours. Mm -hmm. I I think I got there like in the afternoon and we left the next morning. I was I was barely there because they sequester you for about five days before the finale. So the way the timing worked out, I was in and out of that house like very, very quickly. So there definitely wasn't like a long campaign strategy implemented and you know, <laughs> exercised in the jury house. <laughs> but so the round table is really whenever you um, are able to talk about who you want to vote for, et cetera. And I did try to swing some votes his way. And I didn't honestly know whether or not he would win, but he came close. Yeah. Well, the, the r- rumor is that you helped sway Rachel and, uh, and um, Brendan. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I tried. Nice. I gave it my best bet. I, I did want him to win. So, and I, it's so funny because when you're in the house, you really don't have any clue what the jury members are thinking. And, Mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes it's completely the opposite. And I would say that that was really true for the Big Brother 12 house in that I assumed that everyone would vote for Enzo. Reason being, he was on such good terms with everybody. He was like everybody's best friend. Nobody was ever mad at him in that house. Not one time. Everybody liked him. Everybody wanted to be around him. 
And then I got to the jury house and everybody was like, oh my God, we would never vote for Enzo. He didn't want anything. He didn't do anything. And I was like, oh, really? Because <laughs> the whole time we we're in the house, like everyone's yeah. talking about how Enzo's going to win. So you really never have any idea what they're thinking. And it, it's sometimes it's completely the opposite of what people are saying in the house. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. The the whole the whole jury system is very interesting. Um, and, and how like, I, I feel like people often uh, say too much, like give players in the house too much credit in terms of how capable they are of knowing what's happening in the jury house and being able to control what's happening in the jury. Yeah, house. you really don't have any idea. I mean, you really really don't like big brother 14 is a huge exercise in like mm -hmm. not being able to control a jury what probably yep. one of the greatest examples for sure uh so so okay so you got you get out of big brother 12 you have a, a positive post big brother experience did uh you know i've heard a, a lot that you know it can sometimes be very uh like uh, like stressful and emotionally draining to come out of the house and um deal with all of the attention and uh you're often like you know waking up in the middle of the night uh, like am i still in the house like uh, did you have any of that I would say that at the time I very much felt that way. Like when I was in it, I, it, it was very much an experience and you are on this just like weird high of mm -hmm. all the attention. And this is like when Twitter is starting to boom, Instagram wasn't even a thing after big brother 12, but it was all Twitter. It was like people on Twitter are telling you how much they love you all the time. And so, yes, there's a, at that point in my life, it felt like a lot, like it felt like a ton. And plus this is the time that I moved to New York city. So kind of my whole life is upended a little bit. Um, looking back on it in retrospect, it doesn't seem like nearly as big of a deal as I thought it was at the time. But, uh, at the time, yes, it was very much like, Oh, this is so overwhelming. What am I going to do? Did you ever like, were you, you know, considering trying to like maintain that, you know, some people certainly do. And especially nowadays with Instagram and all of that stuff. Uh, was that ever a thought process? Or were you one of the people that was like, oh, let me get back to my real life after this? No, I mean, like I said, I got that great job opportunity in New York City. So I moved mm -hmm. to New York and I would kind of take things as they came. Like I did entertain a couple of uh, random things that came along. But no, I certainly didn't like move to LA and get an agent and try to yeah. make it anything that it wasn't. I basically just, you know, went about totally normal life. And at the time, like selling a 310 nutrition shake wasn't an option, right? Instagram doesn't <laughs> exist. Like these advertise, like all these advertising opportunities don't exist. Mm -hmm. This is very primitive social media days. So it was basically just like back to normal life for me. Yeah. Uh, did you ever think that you would go back on the show? Um, no, I mean, I didn't think that I would or wouldn't. That kind of thing is so out of your control. You know, there's yeah. nothing that you can do. It's not like you can call Allison Grodner and be like, Hey, do you have a spot for me? It's completely beyond your control. So I 100% lived my life like that was a one time experience and I'm moving on. And I, I it didn't really like consume my thoughts. So what was uh, what was it like getting, you know, getting the call, so to speak? Um, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like, okay, am I really doing this again? Like, <laughs> are we here? I mean, I was at a different point in my life. Even then it was only two years later, but I had gotten married like very recently. I got right. married in March and they called me in May to go back and do it again. And being a fan of the show, it was not something I could say no to. Like I was really, really excited. And I felt like it was a huge opportunity for me to get a little bit of vindication from making myself look like an idiot on season 12. 
I was totally, totally ready and really, really, really excited about it. Did you have any idea who the what the season was going to look like about like the coaches? Yes, or because it all be? got leaked. It was yeah. all leaked. I was reading it on Jokers every single day. I would be on <laughs> Jokers like refreshing. Oh wow! So these are the other people. Every <laughs> single one of the names got leaked except for yeah. mine, I think. And like uh, Janelle did the whole "I'm in Greece" with the Google image, mm-hmm. which was hysterical, and we still joke about that. It was so funny. and But like at the time, I didn't know any of them. I didn't know Dan. I didn't know Boogie. I didn't know Janelle. So there was no like conversations happening before the house or anything like that. I I showed up the same, you know, as if I didn't know who was on there. But mm. because it had all leaked online, yeah, I knew, I knew the whole concept. Did you like research on them, like watch their seasons back again? Um, no, I wanted to. And I knew that during that sequester period from Big Brother 12, they make you watch Big Brother. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, Oh, when I'm in sequester, I'm going to watch all their seasons. So I get to sequester and they're like, Okay, we're going to give you your DVDs. And I was like, Okay, thanks. I'll take season seven. And they were like, Oh, no, you can't have season seven. They wouldn't, (laughs) they wouldn't give you any of the DVDs from any of the seasons we were on. Yeah. So I could, I like wanted to watch 12 again. Like you're laying there for a week, like mm-hmm. literally you're fusing to the sheets for a week. So you have time to watch several seasons and they wouldn't give us any of the seasons that any of us had been on. That's, that's tricky. There's just a lot of seasons. That are it was a total bummer. I was like, are you serious? And so then of course, by that point, it's really obvious. Well, there's a reason they're not, you know, letting us watch these specific yeah. seasons. What did you get? Like season nine and 11? I don't even remember. I think I did do season 11 again. I think that was yeah. one of them. Yeah. And well, I think they let us watch 13 as well, oh, which okay. I had there just watched. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what what was your thought on the, the like the whole coaches twist? Because like, you came in uh, for anyone that, uh, that doesn't remember that you were one of the coaches. You mm-hmm. had to pick a team. And then the original concept was that if the, if the person on your team won, then you would win a smaller prize pool as well. Um, but then that eventually got uh, wiped out and all the coaches joined the game. What was your yeah. initial thought on that whole thing? Okay, well, this is Brittany makes herself look like a fool again. So I really believed that we were not going into the game. And like, I remember on day like four or five in the house, Janelle is like, well, we're going into the game. We'll probably go in like week three. And I was like, what? Wait a second. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not doing that. Like, we're not going into the game. And she was like, Brittany, do you really think that they brought us out here and put us on this show and we're just going to be coaches? And I was like, yeah, that's what our contract (laughs) said. Like, I specifically signed a lot of paperwork that detailed exactly how this prize structure works. Like, they really went out of their way to, like, make the fine print really match up to the theme. And I was like, I mean, I didn't sign liability waivers to participate in like these other competitions or, 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 you know, for that to go for that grand prize. Like, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen was this. And she was like, no, Brittany, we're going into the game. We're 100%. (laughs) So then I'm like panicking, like, oh, I was so stressed out because I kind of thought when they introduced the concept to me, I thought to myself, okay, this is going to be like a less, I'm going to have less anxiety this time because it's not me. Like, you know what I mean? The pressure's Mm -hmm. not on me. Yes, I have to like coach, but 
I'm not going to be the one crawling through the caramel. I'm going to be cheering for someone else to do it better. And so <laughs> yeah. it's going to be like, you know, just like a little bit easier of a version of Big Brother. So I was, I was very happy. I was very happy about that situation. And so going into the game was super, super nerve wracking. I wasn't I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't thrilled at first because I was like, oh, I just I get so much anxiety when it comes to those competitions. And like, I'm not kidding. I just don't have a very well suited personality for it. I will like be unable to function almost whenever, especially if it's like high stakes. I'm mm-hmm. just like sickened with anxiety leading up to it. So I was just like, oh, God, it's, it's just so stressful. It's so stressful. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I wonder if that was part of, you know, your initial, uh, you know, run in the game as well, it, because you have so much, so much anxiety over that competitive aspect that it was, uh, sort of easier to not be suspicious because that meant anxiety. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely easier to take just like the ignorant way out and be like, what is something happening? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you also like, were you, were you nervous about the fan reaction when you found out that like the other three were going to be Mike Boogie, Janelle and Dan, like, uh, like those are some like big names. Right. And yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. And like, I remember at the time there were some people that were like, like Brittany seems like maybe not quite at the same, uh, level as these other people. Um, and you certainly proved them wrong, let me say. Uh, but, uh, but w- was that in your head at all? <laughs> oh yeah. And trust me, I totally expected that. But at the same time, like I said before, I'm not protective of my game. So I, I'm not going to be like offended. I'll be like, no, you're kind of right. Like I, (laughs) like, I believe you. Like, I don't know really what I'm doing here. Um, they called me blame them. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Um, so, uh, you, you enter the game and now this is in in my opinion, I, I really did not, uh, I loved having you guys in on that season. I hated the coaches aspect of it uh because uh, of just how it impacted the game that you were you know sort of not part of the game but you actually were for like the first few weeks and then you enter the game and you have a bunch of pissed off like regular players that are like seriously we yeah, were at like final were so eight mad. and now we're back at final 12 like <laughs> what <laughs> they were so mad they hated us so much yeah um like what was it like having to to deal with it i think you probably dealt with it the the least in terms of like you they seemed to be less mad at you than than the other players uh but uh but it was still something that you had to deal with oh yeah oh yeah there were they were definitely like rioting like quietly (laughs) and they would just huddle together and have like a riot and be like we're getting all of these coaches out um you know, like you said, kind of maybe I didn't face it as much as some of the others. I think probably because I, I think I was less intimidating overall. Like mm-hmm. it's one thing to to have me go in the game and it's another thing to have Mike Boogie go into the game. <laughs> like, and especially he was so tight with Frank already. It was very much like a Will and Boogie situation. Part yeah, two. And Frank was supposed to go. And Frank was, yes. And like, we were so excited that he was finally going because he was a massive, massive threat. And I, mm-hmm. I think everyone felt intimidated by him and so it was like this sigh of relief that he's finally getting kicked out of the house 
and then he's still there. And so, yeah, I mean, I see from their perspective how annoying that would be for sure. And I don't think that I felt it maybe as much as some of the other coaches did, but they hated us. 100% they hated us. I can't blame them. They hated us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So then, of course, we, uh, you know, the the, the famous Dan's funeral happens. This is uh, ultimately your downfall on Big Brother 14. Uh, I mean... People talk about this, uh, and and you know, in my opinion, rightfully so, is probably the greatest moment in Big Brother <laughs> history. Uh, and you were on the receiving end of it. I was on the receiving end, which is so sad because you have no idea how close I was to not being on the receiving end. Yeah. So that second veto, you know, the yep. one where with the pen with the um the claw the claw yep. ball thing, I almost won that. Like. I'm not kidding. The ball was in the claw and it fell out before it dropped. So, I mean, like I was so, so, so close to winning that and I would have been completely off the hook and it would have been Ian instead of me. Yeah. not Yeah. So not only like if you had won it, you would have been safe. But if if anybody except for Ian had won it, you also would have been safe. I know. And and the thing is, I was so happy he won it too. I was like, oh, "Oh, yes. Thank goodness it's Ian. But here's where Dan went so right. Here is where... I always say that I've been to the Dan Giesling School of Social Gaming, and this is where Mm. Dan Giesling had it so right. Dan gamed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He put in the time. And the key example here would be with Gen City. Gen City was not what you call like a firecracker Big Brother player. Okay, she was very just in the background, you know, like one of the people who you pull through the game because they're making no waves. They're really, you know what I mean? Like the contribution Mm -hmm. level is not super high. And so a lot of people just weren't interested in her and didn't spend any time cultivating a relationship with her. And she was on someone else's team. Like I did, I didn't frequently talk to her and Dan did because he talked to everyone. Okay. Dan put in the time with every single player in the house and he would sit there and his conversations were always about you, right? Mm-hmm. So it would always be like, what did you get for your third birthday? What was, you know, what did, what was your favorite Christmas gift? When did your parents tell you about Santa? Like, just like these random questions. And, and to, you know, so you really were like, Dan's my friend. Dan cares about me because, you, you know, he really would put in the time. He would invest the time with every single person in the house. And it was really evident that, you know, he was, that's what he was doing all the time. And most people just aren't willing to, to do that all the time. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. most people, like Mike Boogie is a completely different game style. I could not be more different than Dan's night and day. And, but that was Dan's like, thing. That was his way of gaming. And you can see that it paid off because it ended up being Jen City who had that power of veto and he needed her to play it and it all worked flawlessly. And if he hadn't, you know, been social gaming 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I don't think that it would have been executed the way that it was because I don't think that she would have been willing to do it for anyone else. But because he had like worked so hard and put that time in, it worked out perfectly. Yeah, I, I remember I like uh, watching Dan talk to Ian about Pokemon. Uh, he would talk to you. I, I remember a conversation you were talking about Christmas gifts, I think. Um, and uh, it was something to do with like somebody gave you socks or you gave somebody socks. Yeah. And he I'm, was freaking out about it. He puts in the time, I got to tell you. And that I, I'm not saying Dan's not a nice guy because I love Dan and I still talk to Dan. But I'm saying I do think it's part of his strategy Mm -hmm. to get so close to people, you know, and 
make you feel like he's really invested in you. And it's brilliant. Like it's brilliant strategy that frankly, most people are just too lazy to do. Because it's it is work. Like I mean, it is nonstop building relationships 24 hours a day, seven days a week for an entire summer. It's a lot of work. And most people that's just not something that they're going to do. They make a few close friends, they hang out with those friends only, and that's it. And Dan took a different approach. And that moment, that's where it all paid off. Yes, that's also so once once you 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 are, you know, nominated, this is one of my favorite uh, streaks of just uh, pure Britney. I was um, so mad. On the show where you are very upset, uh, and that uh, you know, unfortunately for you, uh, it means uh, great fortunate things for us because it was very fun to watch you uh, be mad at Dan and just uh, constantly be trying to poke at him and uh, say I things in the diary. I was so mad, and like it was never for one second lost on me that it wasn't brilliant. <laughs> Like, I was like, this is brilliant, but it sucks. Like, that was was my favorite part is that you respected him while also being mad and like trying to make him mad. I was so mad. I was so mad. And, but yeah, at the same time, I was like, yeah, he's freaking brilliant. He's a genius. He's a freaking genius. And I hate him. Like, I was so (laughs) pissed off about it. But at the same time, yeah, I was like, okay, you're good, Dan. You know what? You put in the work and it paid off. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you ultimately, I think one of the things that you are most known for is uh, your, you know, your wit, your snarkiness uh, in the diary room and in the house. Uh, Is that something that's uh, that, you know, are are you humble about that as well? Are you going to tell me that uh, that you're not good at that? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, like I just, that's just my personality, I guess. Like I just mm-hmm. spout things off and I, I feel like as I've aged and wisened and hardened, I have um, learned to keep so much of it in my head, but especially <laughs> Big Brother 12, it was just very unfiltered. It was just falling out. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that's just my personality. I don't know why, but it is. Do, do, you, do you think like, what is the reason you think that it resonates with so many people? I have no idea. I do not know. I, I think that I'm just very exaggerative and I'm just, I'm very dramatic and yeah, I, it's just like a big, I, I feel like I take up a lot of energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> even like if I just go to Starbucks, I feel like everyone in there thinks I'm such a spaz because I just, I feel like I just take a lot of energy in the room. And so I don't know if that, if that's what it is. It's probably a lot about of just like my anxiety driven, really. Like it's just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. it, but it probably really is derived a lot from just like my crippling anxiety disorder. <laughs> yeah. And like, just like, uh, does it, like it helps you feel, does it help you feel more like confident and less anxious when you're able to like be so expressive? Yeah, definitely. So, and just to, to add humor into a situation, mm-hmm. like I try everything, like any uncomfortable situation, I just try to make it funny because you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that's just where I feel the most comfortable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, even just, uh, I feel like you were probably the most, uh, gifable person, if that's a word that I could use. Uh, there's so many gifts of you on Twitter and on the internet all over the place. Yeah. You know, there, there's some really good ones. I really there like are. the one that I see the most is the cringe face, yeah. which is one of my favorites. 
I love there's that a, one. There's a Britney gift for everything. I feel like it's so douchey to use a gift of yourself, a gift of yourself. Um, but mm-hmm. I have done it once or twice, and it's been the cringe face. <laughs> I really like that one. That's a good one. It is. It is. Uh, there's there's a lot of great ones. Um, so, uh, so I mean, what what is it? What is it like? You know, I talk to a lot of a lot of Big Brother players, a lot of Survivor players, so on and so forth. Um, very few of them, in my opinion, are as revered as you are in the community. What What is it like to be so loved? I don't know. I mean, I don't ever <laughs> think about it. Like, I don't ever think about being loved. It's yeah. I'm just living my life. I am just not glamorous over here living my life, not thinking about the Big Brother community. I think that's uh, 100% the correct way to go about it. <laughs> I know, you know, that's something Matt Hoffman says to me a lot. It's he always like he jokes, but he'll always be like, Oh, beloved, like you're so beloved or whatever. And I'll just be like, Okay, like, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't feel beloved anymore. I don't think at all because I am so old, you know, it's only like the true blue diehard fans that are still around for me. Like these, like the newbie fans of Big Brother, they have no idea who I am. Like, not they just a recognize clue. you via GIF. They wouldn't even watch my seasons because we're probably not in HD. They'd be like, what is this fuzzy old junk? I am not like, we didn't have slow-mo back then people. So I, you know, but I kind of like that because it makes me feel Mm -hmm. like in a sense, it's the community is tighter because like, I don't know, I'm retro now. I'm vintage. I'm I'm vintage. I'm a collector piece. And I like that. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, so Big Brother 14 obviously ends uh, one of the more controversial jury decisions um, that you were certainly part of. There's a famous quote that you have about, uh, you know, a bottle of ketchup would have won. I know. And everyone took that the wrong. Everyone took this so the wrong way. Everyone put me on the wrong side of the jury, which really annoyed Mm. me, but I've never defended myself. Everyone thinks that I was like against Dan and campaigning against Dan, or at least that's the sense that I get. And that's not the case at all. That was not the case at all. I was actually trying to get Dan more votes, but Mm. not, but I was going to vote for Ian no matter what, which I will say I was going to vote for Ian, but anyone else I was going to vote for Dan. And especially against Ian, I was going to vote for Ian because you knew for a fact Dan wasn't going to win. I can promise you that no matter who he was sitting next to, Shane, Danielle, didn't matter. Dan was not going to win. So mm-hmm. Ian was the best case scenario, you guys. Like <laughs> that was the best thing that could have happened because of the people who deserved it. Aside from Dan, Ian was obviously, I think, in my opinion, the best choice. And Dan was not going to win. I promise you. Doesn't matter who he was up there against, he wasn't going to win. So people get so bent out of shape about the votes and like, you didn't vote for Dan and he deserved it. I know Dan deserved it. He totally did. He played an amazing game. He was a flawless player. But you guys, he wasn't going to win. Can I please just give my friend Ian a vote when it doesn't even matter? Is that okay? Because he's, yeah. because he's going to win anyways. So leave me alone. People get... So been out of shape about that vote. They would have really freaked out when Danielle would have won because that was going to happen or when Shane would have won because that was going to happen. Dan was not going to win, period. And that's what I think that people don't understand. They act like like this was an every vote counted situation. It was not. It was definitely not that. So the the one person that some people think might he might have had a chance against was was Jen. Is is that also Jen would have won? Um. I don't know if Jen would have won because she wasn't one of the, the like candidates that people were talking about at Roundtable. It mm. was those people because Shane was the last one to come in. Um, but I, so maybe, I mean, maybe because I'm telling you that there were people in the jury house 
so bitter against Dan that they would have not voted for him no matter what. Like Mm -hmm. they would have voted for Jody. If you would have put Jody (laughs) next to Dan, they would have voted for Jody. Jody comes back from Extinction Island. Jody comes back from Extinction Island and she wins the game having played for all of like 56 minutes. That's (laughs) what we would have had. Okay. He was not going to win the game. People in jury were so dead set against him. And I got into several impassioned arguments about like, because they were saying that he played with no morals, basically. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this isn't a game. This isn't church camp. Like this isn't a game of morals. There is no moral code here. This is the game of Big Brother. And I like really tried to defend Dan's game and really try to sway people. And it was a dead end road, dead end road. It did not matter. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it really was one of the most dead set juries against a particular player that I've seen. And so uh, from my perspective, having watched, you know, the feeds, I always took uh, some of that to be from what I was talking about earlier, like the coaches entering the game, like there was a built in yes, resentment there from I think the start. That's true. I think that that's true. And then he burned Frank. Frank felt Mm. very personally burned and not just personally, but he also he was claiming that he like broke the rules in several ways that he used production against him, quote unquote, um, because essentially he was like saying that they were asking him questions in the DR about something that like wasn't happening. I don't know. Like he was trying to make that like a thing. Mm -hmm. And Frank was saying that that was completely against the rules and that that shouldn't be allowed. And I mean, Frank was, I would say like the leader of the anti Dan movement in the jury house and was able to get Ashley completely on board and Joe was completely on board. And I mean, it was, it, it was a lost cause. It was a hundred percent a lost cause. And then Shane was probably the worst person to come on to jury for Dan's yeah. sake because Shane was so, 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 so upset about Dan and how he had played. So, I mean, it was the perfect storm against Dan of people in a jury house. And, but, and like we were talking earlier, you can't predict the jury. That's the same situation. I wouldn't have been able to predict that they were going to be that impassioned against him. I would have never predicted that. And especially Frank having been such a fan of the game and someone who plays, uh, you know, pretty hard himself. I would have kind of expected for him not to take it so personally and more to see it as gameplay. And he didn't. So, I mean, those are things that you just, you can't predict how people are going to react to things. And it was just all like a perfect storm against him. Yeah. Would you, would you say that, that there was a lot of like uh, anti-production sentiment in, in the jury? You know, Frank talking about, uh, you know, maybe Dan cheating. And uh, I've, I've heard that some of them have been, you know, kind of critical of production after the fact. Yeah, I think so. And I think that that, yeah, I think that that's a thing. And I think that they feel slighted, which mm. is... I mean, it's understandable because I can say for, it's just a weird dynamic, let me say. But whenever you're going into the diary room and you're talking to these people day after day after day, you really get close to those people, right? And so then when you find out that, I mean, obviously they're not going to tell you anything, but there's <laughs> right. some part in your mind that feels betrayed by them too, right? Because they know yeah. that this is happening and they see this happening to you and you're like, you knew about this. And it's it makes no logical sense. Like <laughs> yeah. it's not rational whatsoever, but there is just a part of you that your feelings do get hurt. I don't, and you can't explain it and you can't make sense of it, but it, it just does. Like it, it just hurts your feelings. And so I think that that's a part of it too. You know, they're just like, 
these these people that you're talking to day after day after day are watching this slowly happen to you behind the scenes and you're getting no tip off. And so like you almost feel like it, you know what I mean? Like that they betrayed you in a sense, even though that doesn't make sense. I realize it doesn't make sense to the viewer. But I promise you, that's how you feel about that relationship if you're in the house. I, I, th I think it does make sense. Because uh, you really get close yeah. to them. You get close to them. You go in the diary room and they say hi, and you know who you're talking to just by their voice. Because like yeah. you've talked to these people for every single day, for days on end, and you have a good rapport, and you know you feel like they're your buddy. And then to find out, you know, it's just hard. It's just a weird, yeah. hard thing. And the, then they, they put they put these uh, returning winners back in the house with you. and Yes. And you feel they like. You in all kinds of ways. Yes, you do. You really feel betrayed. It's so silly, but it, you do. And so I think that there was a large part of that in season 14. Yes. And especially coming from Frank in particular, like. I think he felt burned already. I don't know if you knew about his season where he was an alternate, but there was like mm. a terrible story. And then he finally like makes it on the show. And I don't know. It was just, yes, I think that there was some sentiment there kind of against production. Yes. Uh, one final question about, uh, sorry for so many 14 questions. It's uh, one of my, one of my uh, favorite seasons, of course. No, you're uh, fine. Lots of, lots of, uh, lots of questions about it. Uh, but um, I heard that uh, somebody, I think Joe in particular talked about maybe regretting his vote after the fact. Um, were, was there any... If you kept in contact with any of them, do you know if that's true at all? I don't know if that's true at all. I have seen Joe again after the show, but if we talked about that, I don't remember. But I think that he did make a very emotional decision, so that wouldn't surprise me. But he, yeah, because I think that his him not voting for Dan was definitely an emotional decision. And so it wouldn't surprise me yeah, if he regretted that to some extent. Because I think that we could everybody could sit back at the end of the day and watch the season and say, you know, wow, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you know, maybe we should have voted for Dan, but I'm telling you that it was not happening in the jury house. It was mm -hmm. not happening. So what was it like coming out of big brother 14? Uh, was it, was it different than your experience coming out of big brother 12? Yeah, it was very, it was super, super different. I mean, I went home right away and resumed a normal life because I had kind of been through the grind. I had done it before and I knew more of what to expect. And I knew, you know, that that's what you're going to eventually. And so I basically got right back to my life and my life was more structured at that point too. So there was more to return to. I was married. We had a house. Like it, it, my life had way more structure than after season 12 when I was kind of like up in the air. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's, it, tell me more about, uh, your husband. You, wh what did you meet him? You met him after big brother 12? No, I actually no, have right. known him forever. So yes. I had met him in high school, which is so Arkansas, <laughs> but I, we dated in high school, broke up in college, um, reconnected after big brother 12. And, but yeah, I've known him since I was 15. Did, did big brother have anything to do with the reconnecting? No. Oh my God. Listen, he <laughs> is the like worst big brother fan ever. <laughs> he does not give two craps about my reality television career at all. Like he'll be like, that's great, honey. Good for you. <laughs> that's good. Oh, you're going on the amazing race. That's sweet. I'm proud of you. It's also a good thing actually. <laughs> yeah. He cares 0%. Like I was like, I get home from 14 and I'm like, Oh my gosh. So did you see on this day when did it? And he's like, no, he didn't watch the live feeds. He like, I, 
I cannot get this guy to be interested whatsoever. Like talk, this is, he feeds me humble pie every day. And I remember (laughs) I wanted to watch the season. I get home and I'm like all excited. Like, Oh, I can't wait to watch the season. He was like, actually, um, our DVR broke. And so we don't have like the first 12 episodes. Um, so it starts mid season, like at the starting point that I got to watch Janelle had already been evicted. And so I was like, well, I'm going to have to figure this out. Like I'm going to have to go on YouTube. He was so judgmental of me trying to watch myself. I felt so self-conscious, like such a psychopath that I wanted to see my own seasons that I have never seen all of them. No. I swear. Because he would look at me like, you're going to watch yourself on YouTube. Like the judgment that I could feel. He's like, he is the worst Big Brother fan ever, ever. He gives me all, all the humility. Oh man. Yeah. Well, you've got, you've got to watch all the episodes. He cared zero that I was on Big Brother 12. He was like, that's great. So anyway. (laughs) Oh man. Um, So, uh, so you get back, you get back to him and, uh, you, you started a family pretty quickly, right? Yeah. I got pregnant like the month after Big Brother was over. Wow. Yeah. Didn't waste any time. (laughs) And that that was always part of like what you wanted to do with your life is, you know, make build a family and have kids. Yeah, definitely. And it it's also attributed to the fact that we had known each other for so long. It wasn't like, you know, mm-hmm. we got married in March and I had met him a year before and we like it, it, I had known this guy forever and his family yeah. forever. So yeah, we were both eager to start a family for sure. Yes. Um, now I know that there was, uh, you know, some some problems that you had with uh, with your your first daughter, right? Yes. So she was diagnosed with cancer when she was eight weeks old, mm-hmm. which is very devastating. She was my first baby. It was very hard to cope with, but she um, went through treatment. She finished treatment when she was six months old, and she has been doing great ever since. Thank goodness. So. Um, Oh, yeah, it was tough. It was really, really, really hard. And so that's, you know, whenever I always speak about like, oh, yeah, it seemed like that was really hard at the time. I'm sort of hardened against my former hardships mm. because it's so silly compared to like things that are truly hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can hardly sit here and be like, oh, yes, coming out of Big Brother 12. Wow. <laughs> that was really difficult. Because unfortunately, I've been through um, Mm. other difficult things that sort of put all that into perspective. And so, yeah, it's hard for me to act like that's such a burden on someone's life anymore. At the time, I think suffering is very relative. And so, you know, when Mm. one person is going through something that to them might be, you know, all encompassing, like very terrible. But for me, unfortunately, I'm too seasoned and I just can't have sympathy for myself coming off of Big Brother 12 anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, would you say that like that it, that it, the experience did make you stronger and that you are, you know, stronger for having been through it? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I guess it's not something that I would ever want to have gone through or want anyone else mm-hmm. to go through. And it's not something that I like look at myself and say, Oh, wow, you did amazing. It was just like one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Grin and bear it situation. Do my very best. Um, it, I mean, it definitely taught me a lot as a person and taught me a lot about, you know, <sighs> perseverance and just resilience. But not something, not a lesson I would have chosen to take. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, but everything, everything's good now. Yeah, she's great. She just finished her kindergarten year. She just turned six. She's incredible. She's amazing. And yeah, it luckily, I mean, thank goodness it all went well. 
Yes. Uh, so, uh, what is it, what is it like being a mother? Like, uh, you know, it's, how has that changed your life? It has changed my life as far, it's definitely changed my lifestyle and it's definitely changed, you know, what's important to me and my goals and things that I want to do in my life. And all of that has changed. But what's funny is that like, you don't like, yes, you change as a person, you change, like your whole world kind of becomes your kids. But then at at the same time, you maintain a little bit of sense of self too. And that's where there's almost, I feel like there's such a disconnect because it's like, I have this really sad story that happened with my daughter and it, and it was, it was horrible. It was awful. And it was depressing. And it was just the worst thing that I could go through. But sometimes I want to be like, but I'm, I can still be funny too. Like, you know, there's almost like this, like weird, it's hard to maintain your individuality and then also sort of be lumped into the mom group. And I understand both ways because it is so all encompassing, but I definitely feel still like myself too. And that was something that I was excited about for doing the amazing race was kind of a little bit of returning to who I was before I had kids and, you know, finding that sense of self again. And it was truly great for that. Um, but it it is hard to kind of find that balance between just totally being consumed by motherhood and also maintaining yourself. Yeah. It's, I, I can imagine like, do you, do you find that like when you're with your kids, do you think of yourself just as like, I am, I am mom here or, or do yes. you think of yourself as the individual? I think of myself as just mom because it's yeah. like they yell it in my face all day. <laughs> That's what they yell at me constantly. I definitely just think of myself as mom, like just like mom in Target with Starbucks struggling like that (laughs) is me that I don't feel one bit big brother 12 Brittany at that moment. But then at the same time, I know that I am because of of the rapport that I have with my kids, like the way that we talk to each other and the way that we communicate in my house is very much still myself. But I definitely sometimes feel, yeah, like just that is my identity, you know, when I'm here with my kids. Yeah. So there's there's a big gap of time, of course, before finally uh, the Amazing Race thing comes along. Uh, was was there anything else that uh, that like, you know, what like you were just was you were just like focusing on your kids at that point? Oh, yeah, definitely. Just, you know, I had I mean, my daughter, my youngest daughter was not very old. Whenever they called me, she was about to turn one. So at this point, I have three girls and I'm just full blown embracing motherhood and, you know, the daily grind of being a stay at home parent. And then, yeah, one day I'm literally sitting with my kids in the living room and get a call from Los Angeles. And um, it was the casting department for The Amazing Race. And it was it was very much not like a a confirmed thing at that point. It was like, we're pitching this idea to Mm -hmm. the network. Would you be interested And so I said that I was interested and then I immediately started thinking like, I don't know if I could really do that, but I'm going to say I'm interested and we'll see where it goes. But I like, I don't think that this is actually going to happen because I I just had like no faith that it, that I could do it first of all. And that also it was very much at this point, like, um, an idea. It was like, they had to sell it to the network. They had to get approval that, you know, it was definitely not like a, Hey, can you come on the amazing race? It was, it was very much like moving parts involved. And so I just tried to put it to the back of my mind. Like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen, but it's cool that they called me. You know, it was a, it was a long process. Were you thinking about like who your partner would be? Did they pitch to you that it would be Janelle or when did that happen? So the first conversation that they had with me, they asked who I would want to have as a partner. 
And of course, this was very like a sudden question, like something that I had never thought about, you know? And so they were like, so who, because obviously it's big brother people. So who from big brother are you close to and that you would want to have as your partner? And yeah, I pretty much immediately thought of Janelle because first of all, I would want to have a female partner. Maybe, maybe that's not the smartest thing strategically, but just, I wanted to to be with another female and, um, Janelle is a beast competitor Mm -hmm. and somebody who I've always admired and someone that I stayed friends with after season 14. So yes, I immediately was like, Oh, Janelle, that's who I would want to do it with for sure. And I think there was some fluidity as far as partners, because I've heard from other people that they were maybe going to do it with this person. And then they did this. Like, I think that it, some people did waffle with their partners, but, um, I never did with Janelle from basically day one. They were like, okay, yeah, we talked to her too. And she said the same thing. And so it was always her and I together. Yes. I, I remember, uh, when we were first hearing about the, all, all the rumors and, uh, hearing that you were going to be on a team with Janelle was like, oh man, that's, that's going to be good. That's going to be good. We bring <laughs> like such different personalities and such different mm-hmm. things to the team. Really? I mean, we're so opposite in so many ways, but it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, so what was, what was the experience like? Like, you know, you were you were on on the amazing race. You were competing. You were traveling around. It's uh, I imagine very stressful, especially it's for very somebody stressful. that is like, anxious. I know. I don't understand why all these things happen in my life that like I'm so <laughs> not equipped to deal with. But um, you know, it's been a year now, so I definitely have that. I've already developed that sense of um, like rose colored glasses about the whole thing. Like it's mm-hmm. like. Oh, it was so amazing. If you had caught me like two weeks afterwards, I would not be singing this tune. But I've already entered full blown nostalgia phase. And I'm like, Oh, it was so great. Like it was so fun. I had such a wonderful time. Because it overall it was it was a really fun experience. I think the format of the amazing race is not my wheelhouse. Okay, I'm not good at that stuff. I'm not physical. I'm a very small, petite woman. I'm not strong. And physical fitness gets about 1.5% of my life and attention. So it's not something that I'm going to ever be good at. But as an experience, it was great. It was fun. I got to spend a lot of time with Janelle. I got to get out of my house, which is always good, and see the world and do all this traveling. And it was a blast. It was a total blast. Yeah. So what was, uh, so what was your husband's reaction beyond just, uh, Oh, that's, that's great. Like he was very supportive about it. Like, yeah, you should do this. Like you should definitely do this. This will be fun for you. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like all those things. He's always really supportive about anything that I want to do. Maybe Mm -hmm. not super interested, but supportive. (laughs) That's good. Um, were you, were you concerned about like, uh, like, like missing your kids when you were gone? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Because I'm one of those psychotic, like helicopters. After moms, like I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. I'm very controlling. I'm total control freak. And so, you know, like I haven't had a lot of babysitters. I, I don't spend a lot of time away from my kids. And so I was very nervous about, you know, them being with anyone else. And then I was worried, mm-hmm. like that my baby would forget me. And we're talking this is a 21 day film, but yeah. for me, that's a lot of days. Like for someone who doesn't spend a lot of time away from their kids, it's a lot of days. But And I had to talk myself into it. I had to really psych myself up. And I will say that harder than being gone was the lead up to being gone. I would say like the last two weeks before I left were just pure torture. Every single night, just like crying. Like, I don't, 
I don't know. It was not good. But then being away wasn't even as hard as the, you know, emotional torture of knowing that I'm leaving. Yeah. Are you are you able to to stay in touch with them while you're, no, while you're filming? No, uh, they do not no. let you stay in touch. Now, what they will do is they'll be like, we've talked to your husband and everything's fine. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Like, that's all the information that you get. No details. And so that's really hard. I mean, it would be great if you could, because like I always say that like most of the people who work in production also have children and they're leaving their families. They're doing the same thing you are. Their schedule mm-hmm. is the same as yours. Um, and they're doing it twice a year. And so I would always kind of like be like, you know, every, a lot of people here are in the same boat. And there were also other cast members who, um, had children as well. So I kind of felt a kinship with those people, like we're all in the same boat, except for really, you're not totally in the same boat because the production people, they get to FaceTime their kids later, you know, and they would be like, Oh, look at this picture. My wife sent me or whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, that's great. And like, you know, you can't even hear your own kid's voice. It kind of sucks, but it was still worth it. It was really hard, but it was still worth it. Yeah. Uh, were you, were you a big fan of the amazing race before you won? I had not. I, used to watch the amazing race like a really long time ago. And like I had watched the seasons that Rachel was on and then Mm -hmm. I kind of quit watching it for a long time. So I had not seen it in a while. So then whenever they called me, I had to like sign up for Hulu and start (laughs) binging some seasons because it had been forever since I watched race. I kind of took the same gap on survivor, but I I've Mm -hmm. been watching survivor now for a long time. It's probably my favorite show, but, um, I hadn't watched I hadn't watched race in a really long time. Did you were you aware of some of the other teams that were going to that you were going to be racing with? So we knew some of the Big Brother possibilities because we had to go to Los Angeles for psych testing and we saw some of the other teams there. Mm-hmm. But not all of those people ended up being on the show. But Rachel and Alyssa were there, so we pretty much assumed that they were a lock. And then there were people's names leaking online, so we felt like we had a pretty good grasp. What we didn't know for sure was all of these race teams. Um, Janelle and I aren't really connected in the race community. And so we didn't know any of the race teams that were going to be there. Um, but we did know that survivor was an option and Mm -hmm. what we really thought that was that it was going to be big brother versus survivor. We didn't really think that the race teams were going to come into play. And it sounds to me from what I've heard that it was very much kind of up in the air until the end, like what they were truly going to go with. Um, and it ultimately ended up being all three shows, but we, we didn't know all of the teams, but we knew some of them. Yeah. Had you seen, uh, Colin and Christie's original season at all? No, we didn't know who they were. Yeah. We walked in and we were like, okay, we don't know who those people are. We, we knew a lot of them because they were from more recent seasons like Tyler and Corey and team Mm -hmm. fun. Um, but we didn't know Colin and Christie. Yeah, that's, that was a, that was a, a transformation. It was a transformation. Apparently I've heard that. And I've seen like little clips on Instagram and stuff from their, from their original season, but it had been so long for them. And Christy said that they called her to do all stars um, Mm -hmm. and she was pregnant, so she couldn't do it. And so this was really like a a huge comeback for them. Yeah. So what was it like seeing, like, have you kept in touch with, uh, with Rachel, you know, leading up to this or was it like, uh, was it weird seeing her again? No, we've kept in touch. You know, not, we weren't ever like super close, but we would keep in touch just some, you know, text messages here and there type of thing, like on good terms, but not like regularly, you know, constantly texting each other or anything like that. 
So, and I had never met Alyssa. So I was meeting her for the first time, but obviously, and especially because it was Big Brother 12 with Rachel, it's so much like a, again, nostalgia factor. Like, oh my gosh, remember that summer we spent together like forever ago? So we were definitely like on good terms. And I had never met um, Nicole or Victor at Mm. all. So they were brand new to me. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like you and Rachel started at the same point and then went in like all these sort of, I guess, mostly similar directions, but different seasons of Big Brother. And then different seasons of Big Brother and then ultimately ending up on Reese together. I know. It's so crazy. All from the same original season. It's such like a a weird kinship that I have with her because, yeah, we've gone through just like this last nine years on CBS. Mm. So uh, so you finished the race uh, that was you're looking back at it now and you you you've enjoyed the experience. Oh, yeah, definitely a good experience. Met some really great people, had a wonderful time. It was just, it was really hard. Like the race itself was really hard, but the experience overall was very rewarding and very fun. Are you still open to doing other shows or whatever if if you get the call for them? Sure. I mean, why not? Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone always asks that question. They're like, are you going to go on Survivor? Listen, I have no control over Survivor. (laughs) I don't even know who casts for Survivor anymore. I don't know anything about Survivor, but if they call me up, Sure. <laughs> like, we'll, I'll talk. We'll see. Well, uh, clearly they should get on that. Uh. You know how many Big Brother fan or Big Brother um, alums are huge Survivor fans? Like, Janelle is a huge mm-hmm. Survivor fan. I think all everyone who watches Big Brother is a massive Survivor fan, and so few people from Big Brother have played Survivor. I yeah. do not well, think that they're into us. I do not think that they're into us at all. They, they, Hayden had to sneak his way on by Hayden dating a Survivor on. contestant. That's right. That's right. And he kind <laughs> of opened the door right because then Caleb went on yeah but no one else has managed to break that wall I feel like they both did I feel like they liked what they got from Caleb I don't know why they're you know yeah he did not more open I mean to it. he was good TV and I loved watching Hayden on Survivor yeah. loved it and I mean Big Brother fans have been asking for Survivor players to play Big Brother forever but I know you know it's like it's really surprising that there's not more that there's not more crossover. And you have yeah. like the one those two people, Jackie and um You're right. From Jeff. Amazing Race and Jeff from Amazing Race, which was just seems like such a random pool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Very like random. it's so random <laughs> what to a not takeover. have anybody else. And then like these two people who were on like the blind date season. It's just so so weird. Yeah. Who knows how they make these choices? I have no idea. I've not been able to figure it out. Yeah, I don't think anyone has. All you do is just sit down, sit around, and wait on that LA zip to show up on your phone. <laughs> uh, so you still, you're still like watching, you know, all these shows, and you're involved in in all this stuff. Yes, I mean, I love to watch reality TV. Anyway, um, mm. I. I have waned a little bit with my big brother fanness a little bit over the years, like particularly season 15. I was a very bad big brother fan, but -hmm. that was like when I had my daughter and then all that stuff happened. And so like, I was very bad that season. Some seasons I've been better than others, but I do always make it an effort. Yeah. Um, I, I think Matt told me that you have your own kind of show that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've started doing like this little show. It's on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. on the TV Co. app, which is all one word, TV Co. TV Co. Download it. I go live at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. And I'm actually supposed to have Matt on with me next Tuesday. Last night I had Rachel and it was so good. Yeah. What are you you guys talking about? 
we talked about everything. We talked about Big Brother 12, how we became friends again. And like, was it awkward? And she was such a great guest. I had so much fun having her on. And she's so well-versed on Big Brother. Like, she is in deep. She is on Mm -hmm. Twitter. She is reading the, the updates. She knows everything. I'm so I'm like the lazy fan. I'm just watching the episodes. <laughs> like I'm not in that deep. I don't know yeah. all these like little nuanced details and she knows all of them. So she was very, very entertaining to listen to. Yeah. It's it, Rachel is, it's such a, it's such an interesting th- thing for me at least because you know, when I watched Rachel in season 12, I was, I was not as much of a fan as, uh, as, as I was of, you know, like you or Matt or, or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've now met Rachel and she is like the sweetest, like loveliest person. person. Yeah. It's amazing. And she's undergone a real transformation too. Like it's been nine years. We've all evolved. Mm -hmm. We've all transformed and yeah, she's great. And she has a daughter now, so we have that in common. And yeah, she's awesome. She was an amazing guest. I loved having her. Yeah, it sounds like uh, sounds like I should be listening. You should be listening. They um, yeah. will upload the past episodes usually a day or two later. So in the next couple of days, if you download the TV Co app, you should be able to find my first episode was Janelle, and then last week's was Rachel. Sounds good. Uh, any anything else you're up to right now? Like I said, I'm just, you know, I had, went to swim lessons earlier, golf lessons. You, you want to hear about that? It's pretty much my daily How's grind. your golf game? Amazon, Amazon Prime Day was a pretty big deal around here in, yeah. in, the, in my household. Um, so that was 48 hours of pure madness. I got a lot of boxes coming on Friday, but. Oh. That's about that's about how exciting my life is on the daily. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's sometimes all as, as exciting as it needs to be. <laughs> That's that's all I got for you. Especially when you were just on The Amazing Race. I feel like so, uh, it's a good it was, combo. It was fun to reminisce about the old days, the drama-packed days uh, <laughs> of Big Brother because it's, yes. it's not that anymore. My summers are a little bit more laid back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for uh, for talking with me. Absolutely. This was super fun. I can't believe how much stuff I have recollected that I hadn't thought about in <laughs> Seven to nine years. That's uh, that's the goal. Let's just uh, make make you reach back and remember things. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, where can people find you if uh, you, they can find your show on TV Co? Uh, can they? You, do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Uh, don't follow me on Twitter because I don't, I'm not a good tweeter. T- Twitter okay. got real toxic for me, and I exited. Yeah. So I that's am on move. Instagram only if you're nice. Come follow me on Instagram, Brittany underscore Haynes. I post pictures of my children. They're very cute. And then occasionally I post photos of myself as well. Uh, occasionally. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. I've, I've tried. I've tried the Instagram. I started one recently and I still have trouble with like actually going through with posting pictures of myself. It still feels weird. It feels weird. I'm trying. Yeah. I mean, this is the generation that we're in now, though. OK, you, exactly. we have to get comfortable. We have to get comfortable. And we have to do it. It's a learning curve, but I'm getting there. And mm. yeah, it's way easier to post like a picture of my coffee cup or a smiling child. But no, that's not what the people want. The people yeah. want selfies. Yeah. So, I, I, I was like, hey, I've got a cute little kitten. I can just post pictures 
of cute cats. People love cats, right? Uh, and certainly, you know, people like the cat posts, but uh, they seem to like the the non cat posts even more. And I'm, I'm just telling like, you, you yeah. gotta you gotta get on there and and post a few pictures of yourself once in a while. Give the people yeah. what they want. <laughs> I did see um, you had a great story during what the amazing race was running. Um, that was like uh, what you didn't see. Yes, um, and I meant to do yeah. like thirty more of those, <laughs> and then I just never got around to it. But um, yeah. so many funny stories just about how stupid we made ourselves look. <laughs> so what's, funny. what's what's a good one? What's a good one that you could tell right now? Well, I already did the, the like the Tokyo one yeah. of us being like super spazzy in the train station. It was like a lot of that, just like running up to to people's cabs and like jerking on the door handle. It's just like, like I talked about that nervous energy that I exude all the time. Yeah. It was just that like times a thousand all over the world. Just like, uh, like just vibrating. Just, just, you just look at, look at us and be like, calm down. Like, are you okay? Are you, you're going to be fine. Like we were just like that everywhere. We were so spastic. Well, it was it's, no I, I, chill. It's, it's, I imagine you don't get much sleep either. You sleep well between yeah. ma- like between the legs, but you're mm. very tired. You know, especially if you've had long travel, you're very tired for the legs, particularly yeah. Laos. We were very tired and grouchy, and that's when they showed us in our little. We had a little squabble <laughs> in Laos, and yeah, we hadn't had much sleep the night before that. I've always wondered about like when you're on the Amazing Race and you've seen it before, like you know they always show the fighting. I've always wondered like if in the middle of the fighting you're like, oh damn it, like. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we like fought a little bit in Tokyo because we were lost for a long time, and it it didn't make the show because there's there were so many teams and so much content mm-hmm. for that episode. But after that fight in Tokyo, when we got back to our hotel room, I was like, listen. We are not going to be that team. We are. <laughs> yeah. That is not going to be our storyline because I knew from watching the show, if they ever pull you into separate like diary sessions after the leg, <laughs> that's when you know that that was your storyline for the leg. Like mm-hmm. if they have to pull you apart to talk about your partner, there's a problem. So I, I was very mindful of that the whole season. And I would be like, we can fight in this hotel room all day, but we are not going to fight <laughs> on camera because I do not want that to be our storyline. Because like that just looks so bad. Whenever you're mm-hmm. watching that as a viewer, it's just you're just like, what is wrong with you people? It doesn't translate well, even though it's a very stressful situation. So I definitely made it a point to be like, that is not going to be us. We are not going to be the team fighting on camera. We are going to always be nice and respectful towards each other. And then if we want to argue, we're going to do it later on our own time. Makes sense. Um, did you, did your daughter end up watching uh, the show? They would watch like some highlights of it. Like they particularly liked when I rode the elephant. Like the next, they go to bed early. So the next day I would like pull it up and show them a few things. But, you know, they weren't super interested. They would much rather yeah. be watching like morning cartoons. They, they don't care that their mom is on TV on mm-hmm. elephants. Zero percent do they care. They get it from their dad. <laughs> yeah. He taught them well. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, listen, guys, when it's your mom no, gets home, you need to make sure. And Tilly would tell excited. me that like people would talk to her about it at school. She'd be like, mom, somebody told me at school today that you rode an elephant. And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I did. Like, so other kids care, just not mine. But there are other children in this community who do care what I'm doing on television. And my child is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you again for uh, for coming on. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. uh, And yeah, maybe I'll talk to you some other time. You're you're always, uh, always, by the way, free to uh, join us for a Big Brother recap. Okay, sounds good. I mean, yes. I maybe I can think of some more juicy tidbits for you that I haven't thought about in a decade. <laughs> well, well, if if you want to talk about the current season, um, then you are you're free to do that as well. Gotcha. I would have to really brush up. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm strictly episodes these days. Well, we have we have uh, episode only people all the time. That's that's what I'm for. Is that I I I'm the crazy person that knows all of the things. And so you know I'm, all the I'm things. There to tell you, yeah. I did see on Instagram like some fight about protein shakers between Jack and Nicole, and that's about the only deep dive that I've done. Mm, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of, uh, of unfortunate things on the feeds in terms of especially Jack. You got to send me some of these on Instagram. I just need the highlights. I need like just mm. like 30 seconds at a time snippets. Little snippets. All right. I'll, I'll make sure to send you something. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate yes, it. Yes. Thank, thank you for, you for caring. On. Thank you for of caring course. about my vintage retro self. I, I bet that uh, as soon as I, because I haven't announced that you're you're on here yet. As soon as I say that you're on this show, the, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be very excited to hear from you. Oh, well, that makes me happy. Yes. All right. Well, thank you to all of uh, the listeners for uh, for listening and uh, and downloading the show. You can, of course, find it at uh, The Terran Show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter at ArmstrongTaren and on Instagram, Taren underscore Armstrong, because for whatever reason, Taryn Armstrong is not unique enough of a name for me to be able to get an appropriate screen name on any social media platform. And we need to see those kitty pictures. Yes. Every third picture is a picture of a cat. Which is perfect. You and Taylor Swift both. (laughs) Really? Yes. She always is posting pictures of her cats. Don't you follow Taylor Swift? Come on. I'm not. I'm not with it. I'm not. All right. (laughs) Thank you guys so much, and uh, I'll see you next time. Terrence asking questions. Terrence finding out. Terrence looking deeper. That's what it's all about. It's the Terrence Show.